happy hump day. And thank you for tuning in to an all new episode and new season of Stop Faking It. We are in February. I am Emily Bracey. And here we go. Um, for the month of February, we are going to be talking all things comedy. If you follow me on Emily E. Bracey Comedy, you know that I have once again gotten back into comedy, started doing open mic nights around Tampa. It's been so fun and I can't wait to do more. Um, we just had the Sunshine Comedy Festival come through here and that was really cool and inspiring, honestly, to go through. So I thought it was only fitting to have the man who first helped me get on those stages. But more importantly, he is an actor, writer, hilarious comedian, as well as teacher and mentor. You may have seen him in the ABC movie, My Future Boyfriend, any of his many commercials. And he's also a TikTok sensation. Ali Flores, thank you for being on my podcast. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for letting me uh, be on your podcast. Holy cow. Of course. Yeah. So back in 2019, I really got out of my comfort zone. And I think it was more out of my comfort zone of just leaving the house past 6 p.m. <laughs> but um, signed up for some comedy classes in Orlando. You were my teacher. It was mm-hmm. so great. But I think like one of the coolest things, not only the knowledge and everything I could take out of it. And there's still some things that I'll like, you know, be writing a bit. And I'll like say to my husband, well, Ollie said this and that. So <laughs> it's still here, still in awesome. my head. And, um, but I think adults forget to be goofy and silly. And it was just so cool having a group of people all from different backgrounds. We were all different ages, types of people. And we all would just get silly and have fun, but also help each other. Mm -hmm. And so it just went way beyond comedy. And it was, it was such a cool class. So I, first and foremost, thank you for all of that. You are very welcome. Thank you for saying that. Cause um, that's what I try to do with the class is like we got to make this fun but we got yeah. we also got to know that yeah we got to learn about comedy mm-hmm. but it's got to be fun if you're not having fun then why do yeah. it literally with anything in life mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how yeah. i feel but yeah it was just it was really cool just even how supportive everyone was because at the end of what was it like eight weeks or something like that yeah it's an eight right? week course yeah, eight weeks yeah. um we did a showcase night where we each had to do five minutes and it was just really cool you know you saw everyone from day one and then you know I know me, I was like so hooked, still am, (laughs) but like hooked on having my notes right in front of me. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was my biggest thing of confidence was to be like, yo, you can remember things. You just don't think you can. (laughs) Right. It's funny how that little note will make you think you can't remember it. Like you need it. Mm -hmm. It's it's weird. It is. It's a mental thing. Yeah. It's so bizarre. And it was just, yeah, it was really cool seeing how everyone how we all started week one, like barely speaking up to like the final showcase and being absolute crazy people, but uh-huh. doing a great job at it. <laughs> and crushed it. Like it, that's one of my favorite things about yeah. the class is like seeing people come in and that first day, they're super nervous, they'll, they'll have their notes and it's shaking. Yeah. And then to see them crush yeah. in the uh, in the showcase, you're like, wow. Yeah, I remember doing that. And like, luckily, I had like quite a few friends and family there too, like rooting for me. So that was awesome. But I was like, this is it. I was like, that was such a cool five minutes. I was like, Mm -hmm. I need to do this more. And then I moved to Tampa. COVID happened. And then everything kind of shut down, obviously, (laughs) even Mm -hmm. in Florida for a little bit. And it just took me a hot sack to get back into it again. But I started meeting some like local Tampa comedians and they're like, oh, there are these open mic nights. So I started doing them again. And I'm so excited to pick your brain and yeah. <laughs> answer some questions. Um, also, I was beyond thrilled in 2020 when you started blowing up on TikTok. Oh. <laughs> that is a hard app, dude. So I give you all the props. I mean, your jokes are obviously hilarious. Was it like the Karen's? 
joke was one of your first big one ones. of the first ones yeah was like i was going to a bar that I, I go to all the time and right next to it it was just the the karen's crab thing and i was like <laughs> that's where they make them it's and so that funny. blew up and then like i did another one yeah it was a simple thing i was walking mm -hmm. by my by a retention pond in my neighborhood and there was a sign that said no swimming and it was like this much water it was like a thing and i said and i just did a video and that blew up yeah and so i went from like 200 followers to like 8,000 in two nights. And I went, well, man, now I got to do stuff. Right, right. Do and now people are expecting me to keep telling yeah. jokes. So then I started telling jokes and, yeah. you know, not, uh, I don't do a lot of, I do some of my original stuff, but most of like the jokes, I grew up telling jokes, yeah. like the jokes that everyone knows. No one knows who wrote them. They're just stock, yeah. you know, stock jokes. And I would do them and, and those took off. I call and... them um, elevated dad jokes. Oh, there you because, go. Because like, I wouldn't like repeat some of my dad's dad jokes. because I'm like, okay, that's really not that funny. But yours are like, they're like the ones that are almost like common sense. And you're like, that mm -hmm. is hilarious. But they're the jokes you keep telling your friends because they are, they're just simple one-liners. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so congratulations on the TikTok. Thank <laughs> that you. is incredible. But yeah, let's get right into it. So how did you get into comedy? Whole world of stand up. Uh, being a being a short Mexican uh, <laughs> growing up in a in a very violent town. Like it was, I mean, it's not that it's like it's really violent, but mm -hmm. I mean, it was very, I grew up in a, in a small uh, farm working community called uh, Immokalee, Florida. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very tiny. I graduated with 121 people. Wow. Um, yeah, that was it. Um, and I have and like 121 is, people in my family. I feel so. Yeah, right. It's tiny. Um, but it's it's predominantly uh Mexican mm -hmm. and you know, Mexican and black, just four white people because somebody has to pay taxes. Yes, yes. Um, but it was a lot of fighting, you know, and things like that. So I realized that if I'm funny, other people fight for me. Yeah. Like I had somebody jump in, it's like, whoa, you don't mess with Ali. And I was like, Yeah. That's okay. awesome. Let's see how this goes. So I got bit by the um the acting bug early on. Um, God, I, I'll never forget it. It was my fifth grade play. I was, it was me and Rob Massey and we were, we were the leads in this play. It was a little Christmas play. And I did a fake sneeze because we were covered in soot supposed to be. <laughs> and my hat fell off and it got a laugh. And so I said, well, we're going to do that again. So I put my hat back on. I started doing that. Rob started doing it and it just, be we got in trouble, but it <laughs> became I was addicted to the laughter and I started, you know, doing plays and I was, I was a very large fish in a very small pond yeah. at that point. So I'm doing all the plays, I'm doing everything. And I went to, you know, I went up to junior college to, to play baseball, but also to go to theater and start doing that. But yeah, that's where, it, that's where it started. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I feel like too, when you get that, like, like you know when you're when you're young you're like no this is this is sticking with me like i, I yeah. need to keep getting these reactions <laughs> yeah and it's crazy because i yeah. tell this to my kid i'm like look i knew at a very young age like mm -hmm. seventh grade i knew this is what i'm going to do for the rest of my life like I, I i remember saying it going i love that i will do this forever yeah. i will act or be so somewhere around entertainment, uh, entertainment. yeah this is what i'm going to do and thankfully this is what i've done that's um, awesome yeah, I'm about to be 50 in July, and I've made my living performing, acting, Doing comedy, sketch, improv, you know, all of yeah. it. It's a hustle. It's a grind. Yeah, it is. But I love doing it. Yeah. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you don't hear a lot of stories like that, especially from like your generation or even like older than that. Like my parents' generation, you hear a lot of people be like, 
boy if I could have, mm-hmm. you know, like the something they had an idea of when they were younger. And um, luckily, like I had really I have really supportive parents. And when I was little, it was fashion design and comedy. Very weird mm-hmm. mix, but I've been doing them both. And <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. And it, it's really cool because I like told stories in the past where I've had teachers um, in mm-hmm. the past say like, no, you can't, you can't go into fashion design or no, being a comedian's not a real job. And I'm like, really, Ellen, look at that me now. right there. The yeah. real job. Oh, mm-hmm. I used to, uh, I used to hate it. See, mm-hmm. I, I am so envious of your generation and, and beyond Yeah, because our generation got, you go out and get a real job. You got to support mm-hmm. your family. Yes. You got to do this and you get actual jobs. You have to go to college because you can't get a good job without college. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. I know. And so when I got into acting and stuff, and and this is not a slight on my mom. I get mm-hmm. where she was coming yeah. from. She didn't mean it. She's been the most supportive person I've ever had, but yeah. this fueled me. I was a I was a senior and I was auditioning for a, a scholarship. And I did a, a Shakespeare play and or a monologue from As You Like It. And unfortunately in Southwest Florida, a lot of racism down there. Mm-hmm. Um Naples, Fort Myers, they, you know, they all have, uh, it's predominant, that, that area is predominantly white. It's old. I just went through old. there a few weeks ago. I said, is ev- does everyone have a coffin picked out? Like, mm-hmm. where are we? Oh, yeah. They always said Naples and Fort Myers, that's the uh, home of the newlyweds and the nearly deads. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I remember doing the audition and the, uh, the, the two judges were like, um, Sorry, it's just not really the Shakespearean style. So we're not going to, and and my, thank goodness for my director, yeah. who was a Yale School of Drama graduate, who babysat Christopher Reeve. Like she, she oh went to school gosh. with his parents. Like, I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, she was amazing. And she walked in there and walked back, walked back in there and said, the only reason you're not giving this young man a scholarship is because he's brown. Yeah. Have a nice day. And yeah. so I get home, I'm upset. And my mom says, well, maybe you're not as good as you think you are. Yeah. And Do you think it was that. protection? I, I think it was a, yeah. oh, okay. Maybe it's more of a, not now you can get that out of your system. Yes. Go, okay. Yeah. Go get a real job. Always have a backup. Mm-hmm. But that fueled me. I'm like, oh no, I'm going to prove to you and yeah. to everybody else. I am as good as I think I am. And so I just kept on and on and on and on. And now yeah. it's super supportive, you know, uh, yeah. great. And never seen my stand up because I'm dirty. Yeah. And yeah. So, <laughs> so. And nor do I want her to see my stand-up. Um, yeah. But yeah. Just, just know I'm doing okay, mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Oh my God, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So what is something that would go on like behind the scenes in a comedian's or actor's life that like people would be shocked to hear? Anything from like, I don't know, different lifestyles, meeting different people, maybe even to like mental health, job stability. Up until recently, a lot of the mental health stuff you didn't talk about, yeah. um, but it was going on behind the scenes. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot of issues going on. Like with comedians, holy cow. Yeah. This is our therapy. We yeah. get up on stage and we get rid of some things that that some demons that are been troubling us and doing everything. So we get up and do that. But like on set, there's been, I've known a lot of people, especially when I was doing theater, mm-hmm. where breakups would happen but they still have to be in love on stage. Mm -hmm. So it would be just horrible to be in those situations. Yeah. Um, Yeah. A lot of relationship issues and not just, not just like romantic, but like friends, 
something happens between friends and now they got to pretend to be best friends on stage or on set. And it's just probably yeah. in things with like children too, just like, yeah, like if something happened to your kid and then you had to like act something out that like triggered something that are, yeah, it, those say, I'm saying it now. That is something I never, you would never think about unless you're obviously the actor doing it. Yeah. And it's, I use, like, I've, I've gone through a lot of stuff. I've had a, a lot of things kind of abnormal in most people's lives uh, yeah. that have happened to me, but I use those in my acting. So if I'm on set or if I, I'm in a, in a show and some of those traumatic moments are present in the theater or the movie, I just use it. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let's go back to where that actually happened to me. Let's do this. And, and mm -hmm. I get back into that and just use the lines that they've provided for me with my context behind it. Gotcha. So yeah, you got to take advantage of it almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then let the tears, um, I know a lot of, tears after. <laughs> I know a lot of people are like, uh, you know, if I could go back in time, I would take away all of those things that happened to me. And I'm like, no. I, I wouldn't because I wouldn't yeah. be who I am right now. I wouldn't be the guy that's able to 100%. continue to keep going and then make fun yeah. of it and make mm -hmm. it funny. My favorite question is when people ask me, like, how are you so funny? And I go, trauma. And then they laugh because they think it's a joke. And I'm like, it's not a punchline. It's an answer. No. Yeah, it's it's a weapon. It's a it's yeah. a shield. It's it's mm -hmm. comedy is such a a, a wonderful tool. Mm -hmm. um, I think and, that and like uh, I first really like got a reaction. I like I got like a stage bug early when I was younger from camp. Um, but with comedy, when I was in fifth grade, my middle school, my dad was my principal. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I was such an easy target. And I think that I just started being funny and making jokes to like mm -hmm. lessen the blow of things. And yeah. it was, yeah. And I just remember you almost get that like, oh, no, I got to get another laugh. Oh, I got to get another laugh. I may have gotten talked too much on every single report card until I graduated, but now I just don't shut up for a living. So like, who cares? Me too. I was going to ask Same. you actually. So we many talk too much, younger. distracted. Every, and, and now. You <laughs> Distracting know, the other students. Oh, but now that so I've been diagnosed no. <laughs> with like the ADHDs and all the stuff. And, and I'm like, now it makes sense. 100%. I know. And then when you meet like other like ADHD adults who got diagnosed like in their adulthood, you're all like, Oh, that happened to you too. Oh, that to you too. Like, and oh my goodness, I feel so bad for everyone, including myself, yeah, who thought we were lazy, oh who God. were told we were lazy. I thought I was so stupid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I just like, needed no. to learn a different way. That's all it was. That's all. That's like, it. if I could do something tactile and like make it into something more visual, I could learn it just as like I was just telling my husband a couple of days ago that um, I took a college writing course in high school. And one of the mm. last things you had to do was like, mem which I don't like, I'm like, how does this even help me? Maybe it does actually, but you had to memorize like a poem from this book of poems that the teacher had and like long ones. Mm. And I picked the one because I used to used to dabble in the theater. Mm -hmm. um, I picked the one that was the song I used to sing in vocal lessons. <laughs> so but I spoke it the day um, we had to do them. Uh -huh. And she was like, I can't believe you, you did, you uh, did that. So the next day we got our grades back and I got an A and one of my friends goes, well, she's been singing that song for 10 years. And the teacher looks at me, she goes, do you have, I go, no, no, no. I did the assignment correctly. I just did it my way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone has different ways of learning. You're it's not so stupid, funny that you're just funny. 
it's so funny that you bring up um like using a song yeah for like an assignment mm -hmm. so i remember freshman year um english class we had to do journals mm -hmm. and i never did them i hate journaling yeah. it's the worst um i hate writing like i hate taking yeah. time to write it's too tedious i just want to get it out so i mm -hmm. get it out Talk vocally you know yeah exactly <laughs> so I, the last day as they're due, I'm just writing journals, you know, just writing stuff, writing stuff. And I used a song. I used lyrics yeah. from um, um, Skid Row's uh, 18 in Life. I was like, <laughs> this is a story about Ricky. Ricky was a young man. He had a heart of gold. Right? And so I saw this <laughs> stuff. And then all I got in response was the teacher going, yours? Question mark. <laughs> it worked, though. It was beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So what made you want to be a teacher, a comedic teacher? I, I didn't. Great. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the yeah. hell I'm doing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it didn't uh, show. It didn't show at all. <laughs> Sack, Sack approached me about mm -hmm. teaching and, and Sack is primarily a, an improv yeah. school. Yeah. That's what I've always known them for. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Sack Comedy Lab, for those of you that don't know, uh, is where Wayne Brady came from a lot. Uh, Joe McCrary, who's been in so many movies out there, uh, came from Sack. You know, there, we got some pretty good people out here. We got a lot of writers that, you know, wrote for like Mad TV, Scrubs. They're writing for things and now they're big producers and doing stuff all from Sack. And so it's all improv. Well, one of the um, founders went over to Boston Improv and checked that out. And they had a stand-up comedy show. And they're like, oh, no, they love it. Oh. We have a class. So they reached out to me. And it's like, hey, would you like to teach stand-up? And mm -hmm. I said, no. And they said, <laughs> absolutely not. Why not? I said, awful. no, I, I don't know how to teach it. I know how to do it. I don't <laughs> You're know like, I was born it. funny. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, and they're like, well, we're going to pay you this. And I go, all right, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> totally do it. I said, but please understand and let that first semester class know, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. We're just going to be creating this on the fly and yeah. eventually i started getting a rhythm and i fell in love with it that's awesome yeah i bet that scene like i was talking about before seeing people from day one all the way to the show showcase mm -hmm. is it must just be incredible i mean your kids are graduating and you do yeah. it multiple times a year <laughs> and i and i i have um there are students from my very first class mm -hmm. seven years ago seven or eight years ago yeah. that that are still doing it now and oh, i see so in there. cool yeah that's awesome and even what mm -hmm. you were talking about before how like comedy like doing stand-up is like therapy i think i remember like i was i was going through a lot back then and it really was it was so nice just to disconnect and focus on that and also just hear other people's stories and other people's mm -hmm. lives and everyone was going through something in their own way but um, the joke now is that I talked about on the podcast before I do, I go to, um, weekly like um, depression support groups and like anxiety mm -hmm. support groups online. And lately they're on Wednesday nights, but I've been doing open mics on Wednesday nights and I'm like, eh, it's just a different form of therapy. They'll understand. <laughs> and it really is like the rush you got, like girls popped a lot of pills. There's ain't, there ain't nothing like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what um, I always said too in, in like the class. I'm like, listen, there's a reason why rock stars and actors do drugs. Yeah. They're either trying to recreate that feeling mm -hmm. that you get from performing mm -hmm. or they're trying to come down from yeah. that feeling from performing. Because when you have a great set, you're making people laugh, especially yeah. if you throw in new jokes oh, and, yeah. like, oh, and those hit, 
I'll, I'll be awake until four or five o'clock in the morning and and still like just buzzing. Like I'm like, oh, I yeah. need to write. Let's write some more. I love that. I love this. I'll listen back to the set and I keep doing it. And I'm like, what time is it? Oh God, I got to wake up now. <laughs> yeah. um, you know. I remember after the comedy showcase um, I did in your class that like we got me and my family got to dinner after and I was just talking like a hundred miles of words per minute. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. Like, You're buzzing. Come back like, to earth. <laughs> It's just I, electric. Yeah. And to me, I was like, yo, this is something that I saw myself doing when I was a little kid. Like I would watch all that and stuff. And I'm like, I just want to make people laugh. Like I want to be one of those kids. And then like to do it as an adult, it makes your mm -hmm. younger self like really proud. Like you probably feel that too with like how you started and stuff. You're like, yo, Lil Ali is ecstatic. Yes. Yes. I'm still little though. I'm only five, six. So yeah. I'm, I'm still ecstatic. <laughs> I think I'm still growing. I don't know. I think I'm taller. <laughs> it won't stop. And my husband's like, please stop. <laughs> um, So if I were to ask you to think about your favorite experiences, um, focusing more on comedy, um, mm -hmm. what's one of the first things to come to mind? And why is it one of your favorite experiences? Like, did you learn something? Was it just a moment? Was it an extra funny laugh? Okay. Oh, I've had many extra funny laughs. They're yeah. my favorites. Um, there's a comedian actually right now, just speaking of laughs, this mm -hmm. isn't my favorite moment, but I do love his laugh. Mm -hmm. um, his name is Joshua Silvers. So I do an improv show as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and he and his mom come out. They've been huge fans. And uh, his laugh, it's so high pitched. Uh, and I have a high pitched loud laugh. My ex-wife yeah. used to call it a donkey laugh. Me and my No, best I friend, love it. You have and the perfect laugh also to support comedians. That is one thing I like remember during the showcase. And like my husband talks to me about like mine when I do stand up, I'm always mm -hmm. the one laughing so loud. And I was like, no, they need it. They need it. They're funny. <laughs> yeah. And I just love comedy though. Yes. Like I can, I can listen to a comedian over and over and, and so still funny. laugh. That's awesome. I'm like, the joke is just great. But one of my favorite, I think my favorite moment, um, on stage. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites was there were a couple of comedians that went before me and the audience was really tight. And it was just, I was like, uh, this is, we're going to be working. I'm going to be working up there. And I was headlining mm -hmm. the show and I was like, all right, I need to get them quick. So I started doing some, some really good, some of my best material in the beginning, mm -hmm. which I don't do normally. Yeah. I keep it spaced out, but I was like, I got to hit them quick. Yeah. So I hit them quick and right. I, I thought I was about to lose them and I did a little joke and this lady snorted. And I just, did you just snort? Oh my God, that is the best thing ever. That is that is comedian crack. Snorting yeah. and peeing. If you can do both, I love you forever. <laughs> and that made her go more. I said, oh, it's going to happen. Everybody look at her crotch. Look at her crotch. <laughs> she's I was gonna like, pee. We're going to see it. Gonna gonna be. Be. And she goes, stop, stop it. She kept snorting. Everyone's dying. From yeah. that moment on, I had the best set. Like I just, everything oh, I could do, I couldn't awesome. do no wrong. Yeah, it was great. How do you feel about crowd work? I like crowd work. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a skill. Mm -hmm. It's a skill, um, but you have to have enough material to cover when the crowd work doesn't work. Okay. Because yeah. sometimes you're going to have an audience that's not going to give you anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you need to be able to make it work or just abandon the crowd work <laughs> and then go do your material. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's what happened with um, uh, Matt Reif. I think he was really good. He's really good with crowd work. He is. I just don't feel he had the material really to back yeah. it up and mm -hmm. he got famous so quick yeah and his, it's weird his like skits that got famous online is not his like who his comedy was originally written for right so his whole thing was it was so bizarre to see mm -hmm. the rise and fall of matt rife 
Yeah, I went, <laughs> I, you know, I saw, I, I could only get through about 20 minutes of his, his stand-up, mm-hmm. his special. And I was just like, all right. And, th- and then I put my teacher hat on. I was like, okay, yeah. that was a good joke. I was like, that was a good joke. Yeah. I wouldn't have told that joke, but that was a good joke. And then I just kept going, no, that was, that was lazy. That was a lazy mm-hmm. joke. That was, you, you could have delved more into that. You could have got something better out of that. He has too many people telling him how hot he is. So he doesn't think yeah. he has to work for it. And I say and I that totally with all the kindness it. in my heart. I get that all the time. So I, I understand. Like, I just like, you know, being five, six and overweight and yeah. 50. So I get the hotness. Yeah. So. You know, it's funny. I remember and I say to other um, of my friends who are comedians and stuff and they agree. So one of the f- first things you said to us in class was something along the lines of like, the funniest you're ever going to be is not on stage. It's when you're just fucking off with your friends. Mm-hmm. And it's so true especially yeah. those nights where i'm like smoking a blunt and then i say something so funny and i grab my phone to go type it down and i go what did i just say <laughs> and everyone's like i don't know but it was the funniest thing you've ever said i was like how come none of us know what i said so infuriating when that happens when you think oh of something God. good even when you're not high like it's like oh i just <laughs> thought of something goes. okay all right let's say oh let me go write it down and on the way to go get a pen or something you'll forget it yeah what was it I'm and you don't sure. even know the premise. I think it, it had to have been you basically saying like how much you have to like write those moments down and write everything down. And like, I still have the notes that I started back during that before mm-hmm. the showcase in 2019. And there's even been times when I'm driving and I'll just turn on my notes app and I'm like, um, something about like dating with this and that. And like, and then I go yep. home and listen to it. I'm like, okay, I have something there. I have something there, but it is my favorite so thing. True. My favorite thing about that stuff is, um, so in May, it'll be 15 years of me doing professional stand-up comedy. That's incredible. Um, and I just listened back to a, a set I did 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. Like it came up on my on my uh my phone. I had yeah. it on shuffle. I was like, this is like when I first started. Oh, oh my, my gosh. god. And then I'm listening to it and I do a lot of the same jokes, but they're not the same jokes. Like yeah. it's They've evolved. It's, yes. And, you know, gotten good because it that was a horrible set to listen mm-hmm. to. <laughs> it was cringeworthy. But I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about that joke. I mm-hmm. loved that joke. That's a funny joke. Oh, my God, I forgot about that joke. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, oh, it just yeah. forgot about all those that material that I was doing then. And I was like, man, I got to bring those back. They're actually yeah. good. I just never, like, honed it. Yeah. And for the right audience, probably too. Mm -hmm. And that's something I was going to ask you too. Like, what do you do when you get up there? And like, let's say you, I mean, after 15 years, like you have so much great material, Mm -hmm. but like, especially for people who are like more starting out, maybe only in it for a few years. Like if you're about to perform in front of a crowd that you're like, like you, you, the example you gave, you were like, wow, these other people are not getting the, like not getting the crowd going. Like it's the crowd. Mm -hmm. Like what's, what's your advice with that? It's weird because I've always said, especially if it's a professional show, mm-hmm. they booked you. You got to do your thing. Yeah. You do your material. Don't change who you are. Okay. So let's just say, for example, um, you go out and it's a very conservative crowd. And You're I'm like, talking oh, about man. dicks. Yeah. It's like, okay, <laughs> shit. Am I going to be able to do this? Yeah. You know what? Screw it. No. And most times when I think the crowd isn't going to do that, they love it. Mm-hmm. Um. So I always say energy over, over material, uh, when a crowd is tight, get up there, be energetic, be confident and do your stuff, but do your stuff confidently. Don't do a joke knowing it's going to fail 
And then when yeah. it doesn't get a laugh, like, yeah, I knew, I knew that one wouldn't work. You know, you guys, and it's like, okay, I guess that's another one that didn't work. And we're like, yeah. now we start to feel sad for you. Yeah. He's like, okay, let it go. Just do your jokes. Commit to the bit. That's what I remember you said too. You said, if you're going to do physical comedy, you commit to it and go mm -hmm. all out. And I've slowly been getting more because I personally love physical comedy. I love when people are flailing their arms. Like, so I've been trying to do that. And I hear you in the back of my mind, commit to that <laughs> bit. And I'm like, yes, sir, Ali, I will. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, I always do the example of Eliza Schlesinger brilliant so and her physicalities she commits 100 percent. and like her it's, voice is mm -hmm. hilarious yep but i've seen comedians who don't commit all the way and mm -hmm. it falls flat I'm like mm -hmm. listen if you'd have just gone full force with the silly being yeah. ridiculous what what gets us in trouble is our own ego we go yeah. i don't want to look that stupid because you know i might get laid yeah i might, I might I have an opportunity to get laid yeah, yeah, and I'm married now, so I can look so stupid. It's fine. Yes, that actually <laughs> does make it better. <laughs> I remember a buddy of mine goes, dude, you got so much game. And I go, and this is when I was married. And I go, no, I don't. And he goes, dude, these girls are all about you. I said, because I'm married, they I see I'm married. Yeah. And I'm flirting yeah. without intent. I said, but if I were single, yeah, that wouldn't happen. I would, yeah. I would be, oh, you're so pretty. Yeah, right. <laughs> no it's game. a totally different room, one hundred percent. Oh my gosh! So, um, I think it was during the Tampa Sunshine Comedy Festival. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh Wolf performed. I saw him, and then he was doing audience questions. And one of the questions was just very simple, like, "What is some advice you have for an up and coming comic?" And his was, "Be prepared to bomb and bomb." and bomb and be okay with it. And so I was, I told my husband, I go, well, the internet's been talking shit to me for almost 10 years now. So I'm good at bombing. Like I always <laughs> joke and say, you can call me stupid. You can call me ugly. You can call me fat, but you cannot say I'm not funny. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, and that's um, something no yeah. one should say. No, no one should ever look at a comedian yeah. or anyone and say they're not funny. Yeah. It's you just not my type. They're not funny to you. Yeah. No, and that's totally. the thing, because I hate when people go, you, we'll just go with that. Matt Rife, he's not funny. Yeah. No, he's obviously funny. Yeah. Obviously funny. He's just yeah. not funny to you. And that's okay. Like I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan yeah. of Amy Schumer. Yeah. But that doesn't mean she's not funny. She's hilarious. She clearly is. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's like the Swifties versus like non-Swifties. It's like <laughs> You can have both worlds. It's fine. We all can it's like okay. different things. But do you okay. have any early on memories of bombing? Oh, God. I have recent memories of bombing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Let me hear I bomb all the time. Bombing is huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my that you get you learn way more from mm -hmm. a bomb than you do from killing. Yeah. Killing is easy. That's insightful. Yeah. You kill a room, you're like, yeah, but what did you yeah. learn? You just learned that you're good and you're on a roll. And you're but just gonna you go bomb, do the same thing again. When you gotcha. bomb, now you're sitting there going, now you have to analyze. Okay, was it me? Was it my energy? Mm -hmm. Did I screw up? Um, what can I do to get better? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I one of my first bombs, ooh, ooh, um, it was at it was at a showcase. It wasn't mm -hmm. a it wasn't an open mic, but it was a showcase. So I had to do 10 minutes. And it was probably oh. one of the first times I felt really good about this 10. Mm -hmm. And I my first joke, usually. It's a huge laugh. Mm -hmm. Chuckles. And I went, okay. Second joke, crickets. And now, now. Is this thing on? <laughs> I'm sweating. So I could feel the sweat going down my back and into my yeah. crack. Like I'm like, my ears are hot. And I go, you know what? I'm just going to get 
my closer joke right now. This one kills. I do the joke, nothing. (gasps) Yeah, an inside. The internal panic was gone. He left. He's like, fuck this. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, I just sat there. I was like, uh, and I just, I had to, I had to go through it. I just had to finish my set, but man, I don't even remember the rest of that. After that moment, I kind of just blacked out. I was like, I'm done. I'm just going to get it out and go. Do you think also um, being an actor really helps like the recovery and stuff like that? Cause you, I mean, in a sense, comedy is acting. Mm-hmm. Like until you got to a, I, and that's something I noticed when I started doing it again. I felt like I was almost overpresenting myself as this character on the internet that I'm portrayed to be. So I've been like stepping back from that because I'm getting more comfortable with myself. The ego's going away, mm-hmm. and it's it really is. It's almost like you you feel like you're acting, especially what you're saying before. You know, if you're having a bad day, if you're going through something, like you still yeah. have to do it, especially you if you book a gig. Um, yeah, acting has helped so much with my standup. Yeah. Um, acting, improv, any kind of performing, uh, performing things that you do, they just add to your tool belt. Mm-hmm. So you know, acting for me, I don't know that it helps with recovering from from bombing. Yeah, uh, but it does help with my material. Yeah, it helps. Like I do, I'm a big fan of of misdirection jokes, and I like getting a, a room silent, like getting serious, <laughs> yes. and then hitting them with a with a punchline at the end. Mm-hmm my favorite they're like there's nothing more i just love the look on people's faces when they think it's going like a totally different way and then you just like hit them with it and it yeah Yeah, like i had a joke about my kid uh this is years my kid was uh maybe one yeah and i had this big joke and it was so like i had the audience just silent and i had this woman like in tears Mm -hmm. and i heard her go he's such a good dad (laughs) and and then i hit with the punchline oh she was so mad, so mad. <laughs> She's like, call CBS, comedian, <laughs> like. <laughs> I hate you. I was saying you say you were a good father, and then you say that. Go, I'm but I'm so also a good, a good comic. Yes, I was like, I'm a good dad. I just have to, I got to make yeah. you laugh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, How do you find it, like, uh, writing material from, like, people around you in your life, whether, like, your ex-wife, like, girlfriends, your kid? Is that like where you get a lot of your stuff from? Oh, my real life. Yeah. Yeah. My real life is where I get my material. Um, I I do a lot of observational stuff too. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm driving around, I see something, I want to make sure I talk about it. Yeah. Um, I used to, I don't know if you were in class when I had thought of this joke, but I remember when I thought of the joke was on my way to class. Yeah. And I said, remember how I tell you about writing stuff down? You don't know what's going to help. I said, if anything you observe, you want to write that down and think of that joke. I said, I saw a sign uh, as I was coming here. Uh, in my neighborhood that said, drive like your kids live here. And I went immediately. I was, my brain started going. Yeah. So I said, my joke now is I I, I go into these rich neighborhoods and it says, drive like your kids live here. So I got up on the sidewalk and did 90. Like, (laughs) screw my kid for living in a better neighborhood than me. I'm not not paying $650 a month in child support. So that little hooker can have fancy shit like walls. You know, I was like, (laughs) yeah. And that joke has stuck with me. And that was a driving around. Yeah. See something. Okay. yeah, my last um open mic I did last week, actually, and I remember you again with the observation stuff, and we were driving into Ebor, and I swear to God, I thought, I was like, oh my God, is this circus in town? And my husband was like, no, those buildings have termites, and they're being, like, tented. <laughs> and so my first thing I did when I grabbed the mic was like, yo, I thought the circus was in town. And my husband was like, oh my God, you improv, that was so good. <laughs> 
and my little cheerleader out there. But real life shit, like just type it down real fast. Yeah. And and talk about it. Like talk yeah. about those little things because I guarantee you somebody else saw the same sign, or saw the same tent, thought the same thing, and Did now they down. feel seen. They're like yeah. That was me. My friends and I always say five more. If I only had five more minutes, like when you hear a really good joke or a punchline, mm -hmm. you're like, if I only had five more minutes. <laughs> like, but then you have to like, you know, give so much props for the person who hit it and did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have a couple more questions for you. Yeah. Um. So to wrap up the whole comedian advice, if up and coming comedian <clears throat> myself was to ask, one big advice that like you wish you could have told yourself as a younger comedian just starting, what would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, there's a lot of good little nuggets that yeah. that I try to come up with. And I guess this is my favorite note. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd have, I, I wish I'd have said this to myself. Uh, I had I, there's a comedian out there, and I was very flattered when he said this to somebody else. Somebody told me about it. Mm -hmm. Um and they had asked him, what's the best advice he got? And he goes, he goes, I got that from uh, Ali Flores. Um, he, he told me, cut, don't rush. And yeah. so if let's just say you're doing an open mic, you got five minutes. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, sorry, we got too many open micers. You only get three. Mm -hmm. Don't try to cram your five minutes by speeding up. Just cut jokes. Cut, yeah. don't rush. Because when you, when you rush... You're taking away your timing. You're taking away your personality. Mm -hmm. You're not giving people time to laugh. So it's not, it's going to be a horrible set. It's mm -hmm. like, just cut a couple of jokes. You'll be yeah. fine. Still relax, still be conversational and just have fun. And then go to the other open mic night and do the other jokes. Yeah, exactly. You'll, they're still, you're not getting rid of them forever. You're just putting them away for a second no, because I've you had to cut it down to three Definitely minutes. have done that and tried to like, oh, okay, I got, oh no, I got the light. I got to, I got to finish with that. <laughs> I got to oh. keep going. And then here's another one too. The here's something I just thought about. <laughs> um, I wish, I really wish this would have happened for me. And now that I'm um, teaching, I do tell my students this, come up with cleaner versions of your dirty jokes. Oh, that's a really good idea. Cut up, come up with cleaner versions of your dirty jokes. So okay. you can do your club joke, you yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. But if you get into a place where it's like a corporate event, can you still do that joke without the dirty? Yeah. And so I've done some, I've done some sets, um, like on TV, I did the, the Afrotainment one, uh, funny, not famous. I did that show and I had to do, uh, 10 minutes or 15, 10, 15 mm -hmm. of, um, clean. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like looking at my material. Like, and I, I, PG? I know I'm not. <laughs> um, and so I was like, all right, let me see what I can do. And I transferred, you know, I was like, okay, let me rewrite that joke. I can do that. Yeah. I can do that. I'll just change this. And I actually like the cleaner version better on one of my jokes. Yeah. So I've kind of stopped. Use I use the cleaner version now. Sometimes I think when you do clean up stuff, um, a couple of times I've done it, like it makes people think more. So mm -hmm. when they hit it in their head, they're like, wait, that was so funny. Instead of mm -hmm. just being like so obvious sometimes. But that also just reminded me about when I we were doing the showcase um, during my class. And you said, I think I like, keep it PG-13 and not R. Mm -hmm. And I was like writing and I like raised my hand. You're like, yeah. And I go, am I allowed to say semen sandwich? And you're like, <laughs> what? So we said high protein sandwich and I just did the, the movement. That's right. But That's I cleaned right. it up. I cleaned it up. <laughs> <laughs> what a memory. Oh my God. That's great. That's All great. Right. I have one more question for you, okay. Allie. 
Um, what is something that you have stopped faking in your lifetime that has made your life better? Stop faking? Yeah. Ooh. Um, probably giving a damn. I've stopped yeah. faking, giving, like, I used to care what people thought. Yeah. I used to care, you know, especially people in the industry, mm -hmm. actors, improvists, um, comedians in general. I used to, it, it used to haunt me. I said, oh, no, they didn't like my show. No, he didn't like it because he, he, he's one of the casting directors and, and I need that person's approval and I mm -hmm. need this person's approval. And when I finally just went, no, I just need mine. Am I, yeah. am I good with my material and who I am? I am. And that freed me up. It freed me up to just be me on stage and to not care if I book something because I'm too dirty. Yeah. I'm like, that's fine. I'm just not your brand of material. I I'm working on that right now. Somebody book tried to book me for a gig and I'm like, I can't do it because yeah. it's PG-13 for an hour. I can do PG-13 for 20 minutes maybe. Yeah. Um, but I can't you just do that, talk but... really slow. I know, right? <laughs> Hi, everyone. I really, 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 really like being here. Five minutes of reallys go by. <laughs> You're like, okay, we got 55 minutes left. We're doing that that senior year thesis project that you have. And you're yes. like, you need 400 more words. <laughs> All the filler. Really, 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 really like. Did you see um, Chappelle's new stand-up special? I have not. Not so yet. He tells this cool, I won't like ruin the punchlines or anything, but he tells this like cool story at the end that kind of goes off of what you were saying that you stopped faking about, you know, I'm just doing things for me. I stopped giving a damn. It's just basically that like everyone is the main character in their own stories. Mm -hmm. And I felt that you should, it's, it's such a good special, especially the story at the end. And it's so true. And it's like, no, just because they didn't have a good time. Like I had a great time and that's mm -hmm. great. You know what? They're going to have their big moment and then they're going to have a great time. And that doesn't yeah. take anything away from my experience. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Everyone, please follow Ali on Instagram and TikTok. I will write his handles, make them clickable in the description of the show. Um, Ali, where, what are your handles though? <laughs> uh, A Ali Flores Comedy. Perfect. And yeah, I'll put those in the show description. For so everyone, thank you so much for listening. That wraps up this week's episode of Stop Faking It with me, Emily Bracey. Do me a favor and go rate the show five stars. I would really appreciate it. See you next time.